Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. And here's your host, Spencer Spillman. What is up, everybody? My name is Spencer Spillman. We are the Sports Buzz. My co-host, Zach Shannonay. Our producer, Zach Ballard, sitting in. Um, we are the Sports Buzz for one reason and one reason only. Talk about sports. We get a little bit of a buzz while we're doing it. So, guys, it's Halloween weekend. We're going to start things off a little different. Not talk about sports off the bat. Um, we'll start with you, Zach. What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing for Halloween? Oh, we got some big plans this weekend. The old lady and myself, uh, we got ourselves uh, a couple's costume to go along with a couple other couples costumes. We got a group going as Bob's Burgers. It's really going to set off the parties this weekend. I'll be playing the role of Gene, the happy cheeseburger with musical talent. And uh, we just got everything going on. Uh, it should be an exciting weekend. What of, is your musical talent? Uh, playing farts on a keyboard. Quality stuff, man. We get different pitches, different ranges. <laughs> it's it's all over the place, but I tell you what, man, it should be a lot of fun in downtown Austin tonight, walking around in a burger costume. Ballad, Ballad, what are you thinking about this weekend? What do you and the lady got going on? Oh, I'll tell you what we don't have going on. We are not going downtown, even for a single second. That is rookie. That is rookie move in Austin, Texas, to go downtown on Dirty Sixth Street on Halloween. We're gonna be doing a bunch of house parties. We have friends who own houses. Much like me, much like the house we're at right now. Hey. So they're going to be hosting uh, some Halloween parties, much like I'm hosting the podcast today. Uh, but I'm going to re I'm going to recycle an old costume. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a good old fashioned lumberjack. People seem to love it. Gets a good laugh. And then I think the lady uh, also went ahead and bought us some man- uh, matching panda costumes. So uh, we're going to switch it up between Friday, uh, Friday and Saturday, and it's uh, it's going to be a good time. Spencer, what, what you got going on for Halloween? Well. I'm going to go down to my old place of business. Um, my my boss likes to... You could say he's a little bit obsessed with Halloween. I know the type. Um, I was actually working today, and all we did all day was set up his millions of Halloween costumes. Um, like the two of you guys, I do have a couple's costume going. Uh, if you guys didn't know, the three of us are locked down uh, with a ball and chain. Um, I will be going as Napoleon Dynamite. My girlfriend will be going as Deb. So there you go. Got me a vote for Pedro shirt. Simple costume. We're gonna. It was better than our our Barbie and Ken because obviously I'm not Ken. Definitely not. Um, she's a Barbie, but you are. She's not a Barbie. Ken. I'm clearly not Ken. Um, so another thing that that I was thinking about um, was was Halloween sports show. Do you guys have you ever gone as a sports figure for Halloween, or if not, what is your favorite or the best sports Halloween costume you've seen? Yeah, one of my favorite costumes, and, and I may do this this weekend too. You know, it's a game time decision. Uh, Coach Ballad is such an easy costume, and it's easy for any guy who's a sports fan. 
if you've got a visor and you've got a game day polo, you've got a coach, whatever your last name is, costume. It's super easy. It's practically free, assuming you own all everything. All you gotta do is find a headset, and and it's it's you just can make a hit. that. You can make, make one. You could you could go to Goodwill and find one. Hell, if you if you most jobs you work at, you can go steal one from them. So it's it's uh, okay. It, it's an easy that, one. Wouldn't have gone that route. I mean, if you game hard I. enough, it's gonna be there. For and, sure. and neither would I. I just know people who would. Uh, for the record, my boss may or may not listen to this. So you got Coach Ballad. Is that? That's a coach costume. I've seen a bunch of Jim Tressels out there. Jim yeah, Tressels an easy, easy costume. Yep, yep. Um, I see Kenny Powers a lot. Kenny that's Powers a good one. Pretty, that's a good one. Good and one. he can just be an all-around badass and pretty much do whatever you want. That's what I do all Kenny day. Powers. Um, Zach, what do you got? What's your best sports costume? You know, I love baseball. Grew up. It was my first sport. And so I've always appreciated the true fans that can get their mascot together and really represent on Halloween. It's a good thing to see. There's a lot of good, a lot of good mascots out there. Uh, the Phillies, one of my favorites, classic. Uh, you can always go as the uh, the pencil heads that run run around the bases too. Another good classic. Anything that blows up is inflatable, and you can do some dance moves in. That's a good pick. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I'll tell you a costume that it, it takes the takes the bold to pull off. But if you can get a Michael Vick in some zombie dogs, you will get laughs all night. There's no doubt about that. Uh, is it too soon? Maybe. I don't uh, know. Well, I think Park, it's funny. South Park said 25 years. Um, maybe too soon, but funny. Funny. D- depending on the crowd, yes. Hilarious. Don't take that outfit to a dog shelter Halloween party. Probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah, so I saw one this week that uh that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, you know, I've seen the Sandlot stuff. I've seen somebody go as Squints and Wendy Peppercorn. Sure. I've seen that. Um, but after the the Texans loss this week, and we'll get into that later on in the show, I did see something online that was a Brock Osweiler Halloween costume. It was a number. It had his number on the jersey and. It was a trash can with trash on the top, and it cost just a mere seventy-two million dollars, which is <laughs> which is a bargain if you're a Texans fan. You got Brock Osweiler, you got this this big this can full of trash, seventy-two million dollars. That's worth it. They they, they paid it before. They pro- they would probably pay it again. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Halloween's coming up. We'll move on past that. Get into sports and um. You know, there's there's one company in sports that is pretty recognizable. Um, they they have Monday Night Football. They they have the rights to a lot of things. Um, ESPN. They, I mean, they're the worldwide leader in sports. They know what they're talking. About. Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty big in sports. Um, but you know, I just want to say that that I'm that I beat them. I beat them this week in a in a pretty interesting stat that you would have thought somebody at ESPN would have found. Um, so the last time the Cubs went to the World Series was 1945, 71 years ago. And they, in 1945, the color barrier had yet to be broken. Jackie Robinson hadn't played for the Dodgers yet. That didn't happen until 1947. 
So coming into this World Series, I found out that Dexter Fowler, who I believe is a leadoff hitter for the Cubs, would be the first African-American Cubs player to appear in the World Series. So I found this out on Monday through just seeing it online and and, uh, writing it down. And so I talked about it on my other show uh, down in Kyle that... And I, I talked about it there, and and last night I'm I'm sitting on Facebook, the game's going on, and what do I see after the game was over? That ESPN posts a story that Dexter Fowler is the first African American Cubs player to appear in the World Series. I beat him by a day, a day well, and a couple you're hours. you're the expert. Yeah, you're darn right. I'm the expert. You're darn right. Um, so we'll get off my soapbox here and uh. Get into no, some sports. We're all proud of you, Spencer. We're thank all you, really you. proud. Yeah, yeah. I just want—I just want everybody. I want the world to know that I beat ESPN. Whether I ever get a job there or not, I beat him this once, and maybe it'd be, be the only time ever. But I did it. So, um, we'll go into our uh, our first fake promo of the night. Um, you know, we're all drinking beer right now. Um, all you beer companies out there that are listening, because I know there's a lot listening to us right now. Um, whether you be local. Microbrew, um, shoot, even a homebrew. Homebrew, yeah. Uh, you can a little be moonshine or or nationwide. I don't care. If you want to sponsor this this segment, our our college sports segment, um, feel free to contact us. We are on Facebook, Sports Buzz, on Twitter, Sports Buzz. Um, so yeah, we're we're all drinking. We can't actually tell you what beer we're drinking by uh legal standards so and, and nor would we want to we wouldn't want to give away free advertising dollars you know we absolutely not i'm not working that hard but i'm working a little bit and well and you know and we're not even asking for dollars we're not even asking for money if you just want to throw us some beer for every show we have that'd be awesome we're here we'll talk about you we'll we'll call we'll call you out all night long with that being said if, if you're not going to give us money make sure you give us Quite a bit of beer, right? Because we're drinking, right? We're we're all mid twenties. I mean, we we drink, yeah. We like to drink. Um, so what a great fake promo. That yeah. those will get better. No, that was perfect. And um, so Germany, we're looking at you. It's time to step your game up. Step it up. And so moving on from our from our soon to be future beer sponsor, um, let's get into college sports. And we're going to start off every segment because we are in the state of Texas. We'll start it off with uh, Texas teams. Um, guys, the big game of the week, the uh, the one that really has has me wanting to talk is Texas at K-State. Um, Texas looked horrible for three quarters, and K-State did whatever they wanted in the first half. Texas couldn't stop them. They forgot that or I guess didn't see enough film that K-State's quarterback could run the ball. Um, Texas falls 24-21, but there were some miscues in that game that I feel like Texas blew it. And um, mainly the the big one was the fourth down pass that Amani Foreman dropped that was a perfect pass from Steve um, Shane Bouchel. And Amani Foreman just dropped it on the one-yard line. Would have been a touchdown. Texas would have taken the lead. They would have gotten off fourth down, scored, whatever. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing. If it's if it's not one thing in a week, it's another. 
and it's just driving me nuts. I, Zach, please take over for me because I can't. I can't talk about this team without screaming. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, we talked about it last week. What does Texas struggle to do? Early games, they can't get off the bus. They don't know where they're at, where they're going. Exactly. It's it's a mess, and it's been a theme for them in the past. And you know, their defense dug them a hole early again, but. Kansas State gave Texas every chance to come back in this game, and yeah. Texas just refused to take advantage of that. Um, you know, you bring up Amani Foreman. Drop passes from the receivers have just been killing drives for Texas this year, and it goes back to to Cal and Oklahoma. They just can't hold on to the ball, you know, and and it kills the momentum when that that offense is clicking, it's moving a little bit. They got the run game going, and then they just drop passes and drive stall, and it just seems to be a theme at this point. And, and really, I don't understand why, on fourth and short, you just don't give it to Foreman and bust it up the middle like they have and, all and year. Foreman, and Foreman is the only thing that is consistent every week. He's had eight straight games over 100 yards. 24 carries for 124. Didn't he's, score. He's only missed the one game. He's, he's third in average with over 142 yards a game. And he's, what? I think he's the leading rusher in the nation now. I think he's actually. I think that's one or two. I mean, he. I, I heard that he was one. I, I could be wrong. I saw on that. third on average, and because of the game he's I missed, think total though. I think he's under. Yeah. He's in the top ten for sure. Yeah. But I think he has yet to break in the top five as total yards go. Um, the guy. I don't know why Devin Duvernay doesn't touch the ball more at receiver. He had one catch for eighty yards and scored a touchdown. Um, is John Burt hurt? Am I not? Did I not hear something? Shut the hell up. Did I not hear that John Burt was hurt? Because uh, he he didn't make the stat sheet again. You know I don't I don't know what is going on with John Burt, but I think it's time this offense just moved on, and I think it's time Gilbert stepped up and realized what he has on the team. Um, there are receivers out there. Foreman is one of them. Duvernay is another one. Duvernay is a stud. Uh, and, and they're good players. They run good routes. They're all over the field, and you know we just struggle to get them the ball. And I think. It's causing a lot of these hiccups in this offense that are ruining us. Well, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I will say that Trent Dominguez is a horrible field goal kicker. He botched another kick this week that would have, I mean, technically it would have been a tie game at 24. So I guess we'll go to the actual biggest game in the country last week, which was <laughs> Alabama hosting Texas A&M, number one versus number six. I don't want to talk about it too much because – there wasn't much to talk about. Bama was just better, and they showed that they're better, and they they easily won 33-14. A&M scored a late touchdown in the first half and didn't do anything in the second half. A&M looks like men playing against boys. Yeah, I mean, nothing could have gone more to script than that game did this last week. Uh, Alabama stepped up. Was it their 10th straight game with a non-offensive touchdown? Uh, their defense is just clicking. Their defense is the real deal. I've yet to see anyone in the country match that type of intensity in on the defensive side of the ball. And, and they're competing with their offense at this point to score more points. They're trying to beat their offense in their own game at yeah. this point. And, and it's, it's, like we said, it's men amongst boys. Um I hope your Uncle Mac didn't bet on that game, Zach. I'm going to kick your ass. Uh, you know, Uncle Mac, he, he wanted nothing to do with that game. And if Good. you if you saw the line stopped at 19, 
And what was the difference in the score? Nineteen. Yeah, so we, a lot of people Nobody got a, won. a lot of people got a push out of it. It's so, all push, yeah. You know, push either side. Vegas got lucky on this one. Yeah, um, I'm gonna skip the third team on our the third game on our list here, guys, because that was uh, that was insane, and I want Zach, I want you and all your stats to uh, bring that to life, because I got every record that OU and Tech broke. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, West Virginia beats TCU, keeping it in Texas, 34-10. to 10. Um, TCU doesn't score a second-half point. West Virginia's undefeated still. And probably the best defense in the Big 12. Which is not saying much. Right, right. But the fact that TCU doesn't score a single point in the second half is, is something to say about that West Virginia defense. Um, we'll we'll see what really happens. Uh, West Virginia's got to got to play some serious teams coming up. Um, they got the heart of the Big Twelve coming up. Um, <clears throat> Texas not included. Um, switching over to another two Texas teams actually. Um, Houston traveled up to Dallas to play Southern Methodist University, and maybe it was all the uh, Tom Herman to Texas or Tom Herman to LSU or Tom Herman to LS uh, USC. Maybe that got in their head, and then they got beat by Navy, who shouldn't ever beat the best defense in the league. Um, and then they go to SMU and get absolutely demolished, 38-16. I don't even want to talk about this game. Houston's, Houston's done. What do you got, Ballad? I got one thing to say. that I'm, I have a theory that Tom Herman is fielding so many recruiting calls yes. from schools like USC, Every Probably school in the country Oregon, wants him. LSU, Texas. I don't think he's coaching anymore. He has he's his time is so consumed with the 2017 season that he is he doesn't care at all about Houston. The Big Twelve has announced they're not yeah. going to expand, so his his days at Houston are definitely numbered. Yeah, and hopefully he doesn't coach himself out of a premier job. To be honest, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I, I think he's going to get one of those big those big boy jobs very soon. Yeah, make it quick, Zach. At this point, I think that's what we're looking at, though. Houston is really showing their colors at this point, and and you know it comes down to coaching. And when Houston can get off the bus and really take it to Oklahoma, it showed that they were something. But as the season's gone on, they've shown that they're not the real deal kind of team. And at this point, Herman's got to start coaching for his job, not at Houston necessarily. But if he's looking for, for a big school, a Power 5 conference, sure. he's got to pick it up. And I think it's all going to Herman. It's all going to fall on his shoulders at this point. You know, if Houston can't get some wins, what's going to happen later on in the season for Herman and the rest of the Cougars? Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, a lot of teams looking for a big-time coach. And I just don't know if Tom Herman's the big-time coach you're looking for. Um, I do need to apologize real quick, just, just shortly, um, to Uncle Mac. My lock of the week last week was that NC State would cover the huge spread that Louisville had on them. And Louisville came out, and they looked like the Louisville we expected to see. That offense is so fiery. And so I just, Zach, please tell, I want to say sorry to you, Zach, or to your uncle, to your Uncle Mac, sorry. Um, I think you're referring to Ballad's Uncle Mac. His no, Uncle Mac, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, Ballad's Uncle Let's Mac. Um, that was a bad lock, so tell him I'm sorry. We'll get on um, to the biggest upset of the week, Penn State hosting Ohio State. 
Number two team in the country goes into um, Happy Valley in a wideout. There's something that there's something in the air in Happy Valley because um, uh, Penn State blocks a kick, wins the game, had hardly any offense at all. They had no business being in that game for sure. No. I mean, but that's the beauty of college football exactly. in all of its glory. You know, a block kick yeah. that's just returned. The big fella gets to fall in the end zone. It's just a good thing to see. Um, you know, you always love those special teams, and coaches talk about it. you got to play all facets of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, when you earn it on special teams, it's definitely something special. Uh, we talked about it last week, storm in the field. Penn State earned this one, got, yeah. got to white out the field, and the fans really that's enjoyed a, that's that. That's a different thing. You beat a number two team in the country. Oh, absolutely. You, you have the right to storm the absolutely. field, especially with what Penn State's gone through. I'll give them that. Amazing. Good win for Penn State. They're now ranked in the top 25. That's cool for them. Don't think they'll last very long. Um, and my number one player of the week in college football, it's it's not even close. It's Leonard Fournette. I mean, he averaged 17. What do you have, like 500 rushing yards or something like that? Close. He had 284 rushing yards and 25 receiving yards. So he was over, over 300 yards total. He averaged 17.7. He almost, almost 18 yards of carry and three touchdowns. 16 carries, and he almost had 300 yards. The guy's insane. He put a dude in a body bag and ran him over. A, a corner who who got lower than him, and he just put his shoulder on the guy and, and buried him. So, Leonard Fournette, it was good to see him come back from an injury. I love it. I don't think he should be playing right now because of the the possibility of injury. But, you know, he showed this this Saturday night. On in prime time on a national level, that he's here and he's ready to play in the NFL. He's not scared of contact, and he ran over somebody. Um, I mean, he really showed he's he's the best player in college football. Oh yeah, you know, not missing the last month of football. Yeah. I think we we wouldn't even have to talk about that because Leonard Fournette is the real deal. I haven't seen anyone run like that since Ricky Williams used to mow people over in the late nineties and. It's truly a blessing if you get to watch Leonard Fournette work because he is a master craftsman at his art, and his art is getting up and down the field, lowering the shoulder, and getting into that end zone. It was nasty. I mean, the three touchdowns he scored, 78, rush, 78 yards, 76 yards, and 59 yards, just capped it off with power and speed. And a lot of those were untouched, and, and the speed that he had coming off the injury was impressive. And he's... He's looking to be a top five pick, and there's a lot of teams right now that are struggling with, with running backs in the NFL. He's definitely going to help somebody next year. Yeah. Um, so let's get into uh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Ballad. Um, I almost, See, I'm not the worst producer. God, I almost skipped over the biggest game of the week. <laughs> um, definitely the biggest scoring game of the week. Almost the highest scoring game ever. Um, and they broke just about every offensive record. Zach, as our as our in your intro, you said I love talking about stats. I love bringing stats to life. Please give me some of these records that OU and Texas Tech broke Saturday afternoon. Cause it's I mean they broke a lot. And if you don't have them, I got them all. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and start us off, Spencer? You know, I'll, I'll give you Oklahoma out of the gate. Okay. Uh. Oklahoma, just offensively, they they went in there and said, you know what, we don't have, uh, oh my god, what is his name at running back? Um, 
God. Samaj P. Ryan. Samaj P. Ryan said, no P. Ryan, no problem. Uh, Joe Mixon stepped up 31 carries, 263 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, D.D. Westbrook continuing his hot streak of just catching the ball and lighting the boosters down the field. Nine catches for over 200 yards and two more touchdowns. Baker Mayfield lit it up, looked almost perfect out there with 27 for 36 and 545 yards, adding seven touchdowns through the air. Oklahoma, again, looking like a powerhouse offense with just nobody to play defense by. And, and the seven touchdowns is an NCAA record. Um, Mixon also had 114 receiving yards and became the first player in Oklahoma University history with 200 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards in a game. The two teams combined for a NCAA record 1,708 total yards. And coincidentally, both had 854 yards exact. Um, the real story is Patrick Mahomes, man. <laughs> the real story is Patrick Mahomes. 819 yards total, uh, total offense from one player. That's a record. 734 passing yards, which is an NCAA record. And he missed out on the uh, pass attempts record. The record was 89. Mahomes threw 88 passes in that game. You know he's got some ice on that shoulder. Because he threw almost as many pitches as a, as a Major League Baseball player throws in a nine-inning game. Um, Mahomes and Mayfield combined for... All kinds of crazy yards. They broke the combined total for passing yards for two quarterbacks. They broke the combined total for total yards from two quarterbacks. It, it's insane. They broke every record. So it's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes had a crazy game. He's he's having a crazy season. If, yeah. he, if he was on any other team that played like any style of defense, he would be in the Heisman hunt. So Patrick Mahomes, he's a junior. What do you think the odds are of him graduating early, doing a grad transfer, and transferring out of Texas Tech, finding himself on a new team next year where he can really, really turn it up. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, he's not going to be able to be a grad transfer as a junior. Um, Summer school, the NCAA, no, they're think, very flexible about no, these No, no, they're really not, though. Um, there's a difference in grad transfer and, and finishing college and transferring valid. Um, and I, I want to say, hold on, hold Semantics. on. Hold on. I want to say... I did go back and listen to last week's show, although you guys wouldn't have been able to hear it, but I gave him a great, a really good stat on the the yard that the way that Texas shut the hell up. No, 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 you shut the hell up because I gave a great stat that Texas outgained Kansas State or Iowa State such and such yardage to this yardage, and then you come in and and completely slip one underneath me and say that Texas held Iowa State to less than 200 yards, and I didn't catch it till after I re-listened to the show. And <laughs> what, do you, what do you like, the stat police, Spencer? You, you're going you're gonna to call me out on every wrong stat, every wrong fact I spit out? You know, I, I think we're going to have to start doing that, honestly. I think we're going to have to hold you to a higher standard, Bell. This, I mean, with our intro, a shoddy work you give it every week, you know – Something's gonna be have to held over you, and I agree. If we can't give stats. I mean, you're gonna have to get in the kitchen or something. We're, we're uh, the stat guys, and if you're gonna give a stat, it better be <laughs> on the freaking point. I'll say this right now: my stats will will probably usually be wrong because I, that's just not what I do. 
but I guarantee I can slip by at least two fake stats every show, and I'm willing to bet on it. Okay. And Uncle Mac would definitely be willing to bet on something okay. like this. Okay. And what are we betting on? What what is what is what are the lines? What are we? What are we losing or winning when we win and know that your stats are fake and full of shit? I say if you, if you call me out, if you catch two of my fake snap, uh, fake uh, stats, I'll shotgun a beer at the beginning of next week's show, just to make it that much more interesting. Okay. And if I if I sneak them past you guys, you both got a shotgun a beer before next week's show. Fair enough. And we'll keep this going, and we may adjust the line. Hell, I may be able to sneak five past you guys. Who knows? Well, I think you're going to give us your best effort, but I think... Uh, you can try. I can give you the... I can promise you this. There will be no effort given at all. So, either way, <laughs> somebody's going to be shotgunning beers next week, depending on how sly our producer ballot is. Um, we're going to get right into uh, this week's games coming up, and, uh, you know, Zach, you, like we said, you like to gamble... No, that's not right. Um, what did you say earlier... Zach, that Ballad had an uncle or something that liked to gamble? Oh, yeah. Good old Uncle Mac gave us a little call before the show came on. Uh, yeah. Ballad had to step away. Um, uncle Mac's out in Vegas this weekend, so he's going to be having a good time out at the out at the tables trying so, to bet on some sports games. Yeah, so Uncle Mac, thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be here. Calling in from Vegas. Pulled me away from the craps table for a few minutes. Hey, that's a good table to be at. I'll tell you that right now. Um... So my my game, I got a, I got one lock of the week, and that's that's Baylor at Texas. Baylor is a three point favorite. I'm taking Baylor in the points. I think they're winning that game by two touchdowns. Uncle Mac, tell me, tell me that that's a game. Yeah, Spencer, I like that pick a lot, but I'll, I'll tell you what. One of my number one rules: never bet against or for Texas. It just hurts too much when they disappoint you. Yeah, and and Baylor's. I'm sorry, Texas is not good enough to even come close to beating Baylor. It, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a bloodbath in Austin, and I feel bad for the people that are going to that game. Um, Making it more interesting, though, Texas is 3-0 and against the line at home this season. So And they haven't lost a game at home yet. Be on the lookout. They haven't lost a game at home. The, the only three wins they have on their schedule, on their record, is, is at home. Um... So, we uh, we we got Michigan and Michigan State in a big time robbery game. Well, before we move on, uh, why don't you give us your pick and some scores for that game, Spencer? Oh, for Baylor? Yeah, you got two touchdowns, but what do you think our final is going to be at? Scores? Oof, God, I, you know, I think Texas has to score over thirty points to even come close. Um, I'm taking Baylor. 45 to 28. I mean, it's not even going to be close. That's the exact score I got written down. I also got Baylor. Even though Texas is covered at home every game this year, and they've won, Baylor's going to route them. Wait, wait. You actually had that score written down? Oh, absolutely. We didn't talk about this no, before. No, we did That's not. That's impressive. But I think we're on the same page here. That's impressive. And um, I think that page just means Texas is in a deep hole. They're in trouble. Um, and Charlie Strong's job is in trouble. We'll talk about that later tonight. Um, Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan's 24-point favorite. Big-time robbery game. What do you got, Uncle Mac? 
Uncle Max got a few rules when it comes to college gambling, and a uh, big rule is you don't bet on the rivalry games. But if you had to, I tell you what, that's a lot of points for Michigan to give up. Give me the Spartans. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to give a score because I don't know anything about either one of those teams. Um, I got I, – I'm going to disagree with you guys on this one. Uh, 24 points, I think, was the last spread that I saw. I think Michigan covers, and I think they stomp on state. Wow. Uh, you know, just because of what happened last year. Well, yeah, I think I think Michigan is looking for some redemption. I think Jim Harbaugh is out there really harping on his guys. I think they're gonna pull it together. I got forty-two ten Wolverines. Oof. Okay. Um. Let's go ahead and get to uh, probably the best ranked matchup. One of the best ranked matchups. Um, and. Uncle Max lock of the week last week was Wisconsin, and they did cover. Wisconsin covered last week. Damn straight they did. And this week, they're at home facing the number seven team in the country. Wisconsin, at 11 in the country, is a nine-point favorite. That seems like a lot to me. What does Uncle Max say? Uncle Max says this. Wisconsin will win the game. Nine points is way too many. Nebraska to cover. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, Nebraska's played a lot of close games. I, I don't disagree with that. Wisconsin plays a lot of close games. Um, they don't they don't win a lot of games going away. So, yeah, I agree with Uncle Mac. I think, you know, when you look at things this year for Nebraska, Armstrong has, has held the turnovers to a minimum. Um, he's done a good job managing games this year. And uh, I got an upset alert, fellas. Uh, Wisconsin at home is the favorite, but I got Nebraska taking this 16-13 on the road. Wrong team favored. Wrong team favored. I like it. I like it, Zach. Um, Shut the hell up. (laughs) Uncle Mac doesn't like that pick. Well, actually, I guess he would. Yeah, I guess Uncle Mac would like that pick. Um, Another ranked top five team in the country, Washington at Utah. Utah, 10-point favorite. Is Uncle Mac even touching this game? Because I know nothing about Utah. <clears throat> Uncle Mac lives in Virginia, the East Coast. You got to stay up, up late enough to watch these West Coast games. He's going to stay away from this one. Yeah, I think I think Washington's <laughs> going to run away with this game. I'd take the, I'd give the 10 points and take more than that. I think it's going to be a three-touchdown win for Washington. Um Utah is only ranked because they've played nobody. Um, Washington's showed that they can beat solid teams. And, yeah, I'm taking those 10 points. Yeah, and they've shown it with some consistency. I got Washington in a route. I got three-plus touchdowns. Washington walks away with this one. Yep. And what is Uncle Max lock of the week? <clears throat> Uncle Max lock of the week. You're looking at Clemson, Florida State. Clemson giving up four and a half points, but they have the closest game they've had this season's only been six. Florida State, not the same team they used to be. Clemson on the road, the lock of the week. So okay. I that's an intriguing pick from from Uncle Mac. Um, you know, Florida State's been kind of up and down, and you don't know what Florida State team you're gonna see. They will be playing in Tallahassee. Um Clemson's still undefeated. They've struggled against NC State. Um, had to have a late second half comeback against 
Louisville, I that's that's a toss-up game. It really is. And Uncle Max says it's a lock. I I gotta take his word for it. I got to. Because Florida, I mean, like I said, you don't know what Florida yes. State team you're going to see. Yes. You know, I, I don't know what sauce Uncle Mac is sipping on in Vegas right now, but I want to drink some of that juice. I'm on board. Deshaun Watson has had his troubles in Tallahassee, but I think Clemson is too much. I think they're here to stay. I think they're going to make a good push late in the season. I got Clemson 42-38 over the Seminoles. Hey, hey, youngin, uh, you don't worry about what I'm drinking down in Vegas. And I'll give you another pick of the week I'm real excited about. Kansas at OU. Sure, the Jayhawks are going to get smoked, but minus 40, it's way too many. Give me Kansas. Put it on the board. Look, uh, Uncle Mac's been drinking a little too much tonight. Cut the hell up. And Uncle Mac thinks that anybody in Texas gives a crap about, first of all, the University of Oklahoma, because that's the last thing anybody in Texas cares about. And second of all, nobody's cared about Kansas football ever. Ever. Not even their own school. No. Even their own school. They, they're just like, there's bas- we have a basketball team. There's people that go play football and go play baseball. We have those teams, but nobody watches them. It's, it's basketball. Well, Spencer, I tell you what, I can get back to the craps table, but no one cares about your lock of the week picks either. I called in last week and I got mine right. How'd you do? I didn't do well. That's right. I didn't so, do well. So uh, you can uh, um, cut the hell up. Yeah. So. Bye, thanks. Uncle Mac. Thanks, thanks Uncle Mac. Um, that it's one, it's that always good one. to have Uncle Mac on. Yeah, Valen, welcome delightful. back. Thanks for having your uncle call in. Um, I can't believe we get him off the table. Yeah. Well, we had to bribe him with sexual favors and whatnot. But it is always a miracle. Um, to you're always willing to live off the table, guys. I, I do want to uh, I do want to say that I that I have big news to tell you guys later on in the show. Um, big news for this this show as a as a whole, and and big things are coming. Um, so I got some big news coming a little bit later on, um, but we're gonna get into. Uh, our next uh, fake promo, and you know, our podcast host, Ballad, he uh, he likes he likes to host very well. He's a very good host, and and he he loves to make wings, and you know if there's if there's wing companies out here in Austin, Central Texas, San Marcos area, that you know want to. Throw some wings every week. You know, Ballard's, he, I mean, he's a terrible producer. He has to leave the show twice every single time we do a show because he's got to go make wings. Uh, two, two at a minimum, Spencer. I, don't, don't limit me on how often I can leave the show. I, I'll leave whenever I feel like it. We're in my home. You don't tell me what to do, but I, I'll say this. You left like four times last week. Well, well, I had things to do, you know? it's Yeah, like make our wings and grab our beer, and, and which is why we need sponsors. You know... This this might be the first time that I'm producing a podcast, but this is not the first time that I've hosted people in my home. And if I'm going to do one thing right, it's going to be a good host. So I'm going to leave for a second. I'm, I'm going to go prepare our meal. We're drinking, and it's only it's only appropriate that we would have a good sports meal while we while we drink. Is that is that right or is that wrong? That's, yeah, you're very right. So everyone call, call, uh, just hold tight. Uh, but just know that if, if there are wing establishments out there, and, I, and I'd love to name them, 
but we cannot because yeah. first off, we're not going to give away f- free advertising. Right. Yeah. And it, it would be in bad form for our future advertisers. I do love wings though. But if you if you hey, are the a wing the better, that's what my grandma always says. Uh, oh. As a preview though, guys, a mango okay. hob. Uh, more than I wanted to know from you, Zach. Hey. Thank you. Grandma knows about wings. The hotter, the better. But she also knows about spice. Well, I'm not sure if she's talking about wings or, you know, I'm, I don't want to hear that, that quote from your grandma. Shut the hell up. Hey, y'all should know, I got a special surprise for you guys. We're going mango habanero this week. Uh-oh. So you guys, don't like try, try not to ruin the podcast too much. I'll be right back. Well, can, can you at least... You just try to remember the beers this time, Yeah, Valen. can you bring me a beer and not take, like, 30 minutes? I'll, I'll do my best. I don't know. These things take time. You can't rush perfection, okay? That's all you say is I'll yep. do my best. Try to break the computer. Yeah, okay. We'll try. We'll try to figure out how this thing works because, you know, the producer leaves us with zero instruction out here. Dude, and it's weird. He says I'll do my best and I'm working on it. We still don't have a real intro because the guy doesn't ever cut or clip or edit any of our shows to get some good clips. I mean, it's ridiculous. He says he looks at it, but I think that's all he does. I don't even think he knows what's going no, on. No, he here. listens to it while he's going to sleep or something. I don't I don't understand. Because nothing ever changes, and every time I ask somebody, he said, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, of course you're working on it, which means you're just sitting on your computer, and it's there. But I digress, because our producer is clearly the most unqualified producer in the entire world. Um, at a and- minimum. At a bare minimum. Oh, and, and, you know, we've gone through our, our second fake promo. We need to get into our NFL segment here. Um, keep it with the only Texas team that played this week. The Houston Texans played on Monday night, the last game of the week. And, uh, yeah, just another embarrassing game. And we had another Monday night nap, dude. Yeah, uh, just another embarrassing game. I just can't believe what's going on right now in the league. It's it's embarrassing. It's hard. It's so hard to watch. And it's so hard to watch the Texans play football. It drives me up the wall, um, Brock Osweiler is, God, he's the most overpaid quarterback in the league, and that means a lot coming from me as a Cowboys fan, with Tony Romo not playing any games, having this huge contract, um, I mean, there's, there's guys in the league, Joe Flacco and Eli Manning, that make more than they deserve, but then there's Brock Osweiler, and this is, this is ridiculous, He's the only quarterback I've ever seen to throw for a fumble. He, he threw a fumble. Uh, it was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Right to T.J. Ward. He just oh, gave yeah. it to him. Oh, yeah. He, he literally threw a fumble. And um, T.J. Ward just realized he had a walk-in touchdown right there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, it's one thing that we sit here and talk about Brock Osweiler, and he deserves it with the amount of money he's getting paid and the performance that's coming out on the, on the field. But, you know... Where's the consistency from Lamar Miller either? You know, he got well, outrushed. Where's the consistency from that offensive line? He got outrushed by Alfred Blue this weekend. 67 yards to 63, almost on equal touches. I believe it was 17-16 on the touches. The the Texans, I mean, just without harping on the same thing, beating this dead horse, uh, it's it's a nightmare. There There's no consistency on the offense. The offensive line is shoddy. Um, you know, no sacks for the Denver Broncos this week. But they 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 rushed Osweiler under every they, single throw. They didn't throw. need to sack him. Yeah, he was he was hurried every single time he dropped back. I mean, you look at Hopkins had what five catches on twelve targets. Will Fuller's barely able to get in these games. Uh, it it's a mess. And on the defensive side, they're not doing anything to help him out. You know, they're not getting the stops. They're not getting offensive ball. It's just 
It's a mess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not fun to watch. Um, the Texans are not a fun team to watch. The Broncos have no quarterback, and they still won by 15 points. And by some miracle, the Texans still lead their division. Yeah, and that's that's because... Almost the, unbelievable. That's because the Titans had a bad... They shouldn't have lost that game to the Colts, because the Colts are a really bad team. Um, and With almost identical problems. Yeah, and, and the Titans had a home, a home game against the Colts, who can't stop... You and me rushing the quarterback. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Andrew Luck somehow threw for 353 yards and three touchdowns. And the Colts end up winning that game in the fourth quarter late, 34-26. Titans' offense pretty much fell apart against a very, I wouldn't say very bad, but a very mediocre defense. Oh, absolutely. And it's not it's not like... It's not like the Titans are are crazy good offense, but the Colts are not a good defense, and they didn't they scored, but they didn't do anything spectacular. They didn't do anything in the fourth quarter to win that game. Yeah, I mean, I think you you look at it. Mariota did a good job managing the game. Demarco Murray again, another solid performance, looking like a top five running back. He he's living the dream right now, honestly, yeah. getting out of that bad situation in Philadelphia. Oh, but of course he is. The you know once once the Colts led. That that drive where Andrew Luck again with a fourth quarter comeback to take the lead yeah. to go up by three, 27-24. Mariota gets sacked and just coughs up a fumble. Robert Mathis, who you got to be happy for the guy. He's just a, a phenomenal athlete and a, a, a real champion inside Dude, the our, gym. He could be our dad. He's so old. Oh, yeah. but Mathis uh, has been with the Colts forever. But getting that scoop and score to seal the game late, you know – it's good for Mathis. You kind of feel good for the guy. But, again, just another sloppy ending for the Titans. Just couldn't pull it together this week. Yeah. And the reason that the Texans are in first place is because the Colts and the Titans are not good, and they can't win games. Um, the Colts do win this one by the sheer fact that somebody's got to win. Unless you're the Seahawks and Cardinals, then then somebody might not win. Um, you like that transition? That was oh good. yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, it was. I mean, I I did watch uh, the fourth, the end of the fourth quarter and and overtime, and it was it was insane. It, it was it was crazy to watch. Not not because it was exciting offensive show, but because of how. Bad both offenses are. Yeah, I mean, we go from Sunday night slop fest to Monday night, and everybody's just sitting here watching, wondering, when's the NFL going to give us a good primetime game? Well, I don't know which one was worse. I mean, I I, I would at least Seahawks rather Cardinals see game was, somebody score. Yeah. You know, when you when you look at it, but the Seahawks-Cardinals game had defense, you know? At a but it also had bare a minimum. I mean, yeah. the offense was just so bad for it, both it teams. Have the it, drama, it didn't have the drama. It did have the drama in overtime. That was the one thing I'll give it. It had the drama. I mean, the Texans Broncos game did not have any drama. That game was done from the start. I'll say there's drama, but it's not what any fan wants to see. You know, it's three, a different three, kind of drama. Three three at the end of regulation. You get both teams drive, kick field goals. Their defense is hold. You think, okay, maybe we got an exciting at least overtime quarter of football. Maybe something will happen. But, you know, push comes to shove. They both kick field goals, and then they both get chances in a game, and 
you know, Seattle gets a leap over the line. You think they're going to block it again. Just misses it, but mm-hmm. Catanzaro just pulls it wide left and just hits the post. Oh, right off the center of the post. And then you see Seattle drive down, get the game in they hand. The, yeah. And clock's going to expire. This game is locked up. And Pete Carroll gets flashbacks to when Vince Young just walked all over him into the end zone at Texas for a national championship because he had that his face. face was priceless. He had the same face that he had when Texas oh, beat him in the national face. championship. And you know what? I love to watch that. That was, but a, sh- that was a straight shank from Hauschka, by the way. Oh, man, just awful. But, you know, I think that face summed up the whole game in a nutshell, you know. There was some drama, there was some excitement at times, but ultimately it was just a huge letdown, and the Seahawks, again, are a part of a tie, which I think this is, what, their third in the last five years, something like that? That division's, I mean, that division's so weird. They um, love just, even draws. I'm, I'm still waiting for uh, our so-called, uh, quote-unquote, producer... <laughs> To bring us our beers and, and you know maybe... you think if he's going to be unqualified for the show he'd at least be qualified, at least be enough, qualified enough to bring to some get beers. A beer. you know? I mean, it's... it's not that hard. I mean, really. I, we maybe we give him too much. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man, what's up? Yeah. What are you guys talking about? Good to finally see you again. We're got talking beers, about... got beers. Everyone thirsty. What's yeah, going on? Yeah. No, just talking about uh. What are you talking about? How bad the Seahawks and Cardinals game was. Um. Well, well, I, good. Th- I think we got through most of the. Yeah. Most of the mush in the muck for the week. Yeah. That game was awful. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. No, Almost sure. as bad as we have done. You know. Almost as bad as our producer. Um, what in the hell is going on here? Moving on. Um. So. The the real I guess the real the biggest game in the NFL this week was um the Eagles traveling excuse me the Vikings traveling to Minnesota. The Eagles traveling to Minnesota. The Minnesota traveling go. to yeah to the Eagles. Um, and God, we just talked about a horrible football game. That was one of the hardest things I've ever watched. With it was what three, four, five possessions in a row, almost four plays in a row with turnovers. I mean, it was nobody wanted to have the ball. No offense wanted to score or do anything. They just wanted to give it back to the other team, and. Yeah, the Eagles win 21-10, and they stay a game and a half out in the NFC East behind the Cowboys. But, good God, they did not look good, and Carson Wentz did not look good. Sam Bradford looked even worse. You could say that those defenses are really good, but both offensive lines are horrible. Neither one can block any three of us sitting here at this table, it's it's a joke. Both teams are a fraud, in my opinion. I mean, I think this came out to be a big surprise, you know, especially with Minnesota coming out of the bye. You kind of expect them to have a game plan to attack Philadelphia. And it almost looked like they just said, you know what, let's take two bye weeks and we'll get back at it next week. Bradford with the three turnovers was just god awful, just like we saw last year with his mediocre seven and seven record. Um, it's indicative of how Bradford has played in the NFL, and it's almost sad to just watch the Vikings take a step back after such a good start. Um, but yeah, it, it was a story of defenses forcing the ball to come out and it just changing hands a bunch of times. 
it, it was really hard to follow and watch that game just because of <laughs> the inconsistency of the play that was going on. But you look at it, Philadelphia does have one of the top defensive efficiencies in the league. Yeah. And, and, and it has shown at times for them. And I think that's kind of the one thing that gives them some support is behind Wentz as a rookie, you do have a good defense that at least gives him opportunities. And, you know, there's kind of a revitalization of Doriel Green Beckham this year, having a new team, a new start. And well, it's kind of always been his MO not to be a huge participant. And he's come up big for them at times this year. His, late only, his only MO is that he doesn't work hard enough and doesn't put in enough work in practice, off the field. Um, yeah, he scored a touchdown. Whatever. He had like one catch for eight yards and a touchdown. Um, two, two for eight, sorry. Um, speaking of numbers, and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and transition into our our fantasy section of um, who screwed you, who do you want to screw? Because uh, if anybody had Carson Wentz or Sam Bradford starting, they'd probably want to screw both of those guys. Um, Ballad, who do you want to screw? I'll tell you. I'll start off by who screwed me. Okay. Um, I I, I can't even call him my boy anymore because I don't know who he is. But Lamar Miller completely screwed me on Monday night. I, I need about 10 points and some change to win the game. And Lamar Miller puts up 6.7 points. Like, he had, like, 30 yards. It was ridiculous. Like, I, he totally screwed me. But... Ah, who do I want to screw? I'll tell you what, I, I couldn't, I would, what I would do to take him to bed and, um, Matt Forte with 26.4 points just made my week. If, if, if Lamar Miller does anything what he's supposed to do, I win this week. Uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. I drop to one in six. You know... I'm one and six in one league. I'm six and one in the other. Um, I I had Forte in my league that I lost in, so I don't want to say he that I want to screw him. I'm not going to go that far in depth. Um, you know, one guy that has really been letting me down has been Stefan Diggs for Minnesota. He's the only real threat in that offense. Uh, I mean. I really, I mean, screw Stephon Diggs. He's been, he's been screwing me so hard. You know, he's been hurt, and then he comes back this week, does nothing. Two catches for 18 yards. That, that's worth nothing to me. Even in a PPR, that's three points. Um, but on the other hand, I gotta say, I changed my team name in both leagues because I have T.Y. Hilton. My team name is Hilton Rewards. Mm, I like it. Because you should be part of the Hilton Rewards program if you uh, travel quite a bit. Amen. And Another potential sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton. Seven catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Got me 26 points. Helped me get to 6-1 in my ESPN Fantasy League. I got to say, T.Y. had a good week. I need every week to be like that. Zach, who do you want to screw? Uh, well, I'll give the bad first. Okay. Um, screwed you? My only player that just truly disappointed me this week, Matt Jones, screwed me real hard right now with uh, 27 yards and the fumble. 
What's wrong with you? How does that sound for a change? I mean, it was changed. Got .7 out of him. Especially going up against Le'Veon Bell, Randall Cobb, and T.Y. Hilton, who all had phenomenal weeks. But I tell you what, not so fast, I said. Big old bowl of clam chowder. A game later, I got LeGarrette Blunt and Rob Gronkowski joining me in the king-size bed, having tons of fun. It was a screw party for us. I tell you what, LeGarrette Blunt, 127 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, put up 25.4 for me. And Rob Gronkowski stepping up again, four catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown, a solid 15.3 combined for 40 points. Well, I'll be damned. In a solid yeah, win. Yeah, I'll be damned. That's that's exciting. Good good for uh, your your pads. Yeah. Um, coming oh. up this week, the game that I've been waiting for since the schedule came out, the Cowboys hosting the Eagles. Top two teams in the NFC East. Producer Zach Ballad, my boy from Dallas. What is going to happen in Jerry World? I can tell you one thing that has to happen. Dak Prescott has to take the first snap of this game. I will be so upset if Tony Romo is is rolled out there. No, 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 he won't. There's no and, way. And no, I don't no. think he will be, but I just want to throw it out there. Get, get on past that. Look, look. I want to know what what are the keys to this game? How do the Cowboys win? They got to feed uh, Zeke the ball. Absolutely. We have to feed uh, feed Zeke the ball, and we and although I want Dak to play, and I'm sure he will. We can't count on him to win this game for us. It has to be done on the ground, and the defense also has to show up. They have to make Carson Wentz look like the rookie that he is. Yeah, absolutely. And and their defense is overachieved. Um, you know, you have guys out on injury. Demarcus Lawrence is sort of coming back. Um, Skandrick should be back this week, as as, as they're saying. Um, Which would be great news for that secondary. Absolutely. Paper but, thin right now. But, but, but um... Anthony Brown's sixth-round draft pick rookie. Playing he's, lights out. He's playing better than any player on that on that defense right now, in my opinion. You know, Sean Lee's always there. Sean Lee's going to make probably lead the team tackles every single week. Um, I mean, he's willing to knock his own players out, so. Yeah. and <laughs> That's a hard hitter. He did that. Um, Claiborne, we'll see if he's able to come back from the concussion. Um, I hope so. Um Tyron Smith back at practice today. Romo was back throwing at practice today, not suited up with the team. Um, the Cowboys really, they just got to get pressure on Wentz because he clearly he struggles with pressure, and you saw that last week against Minnesota. And if they can get pressure on him and and make him uncomfortable, especially if if Jerry World gets loud for that Sunday night game in prime time. He's going to get flustered. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw the ball where he shouldn't. He's going to drop the ball. He, he, I mean, he showed that he, he fumbled it three times this past week against Minnesota. He lost one, but he still has trouble holding on to the ball. Um, Dez comes back, which gives Dak more options. I hope that Dez doesn't try and go all prima donna and say that he wants the ball. Because this offense is gelling with the mix of so many different receivers. And, and that's what's been so good about it. Um, 
Yeah, and hopefully Dez can kind of come back in and just fill the role that Bryce Butler took yeah. over when he went out and, you know, just step up, run good routes, catch the ball. Yeah, well, I still want to see Butler in there. And get downfield, you know. I mean, I think the key to Dallas, you know, is staying consistent and staying fundamental and staying true to what they've done this season, you know. They could be undefeated at this point, honestly. Yeah. They had a couple of things gone their way. Um, but they got that loss early, and I think they've straightened things out since then. And like you said, their defense is overachieving. Their defense is going to have to show up, especially playing a good defense in Philadelphia. But I think the question is which Philadelphia team shows up. We have seen exactly. inconsistencies from that defense, even though they're one of the most efficient in the league. You know, as long as, as – and Dallas has done this all season, but as long as they continue to keep game, uh, hold teams to less than 20 points a game, they're going to be fine. They can do the same thing against the Eagles this week. I think we get a W in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like we said, the defense has to continue to overachieve with a lot of guys out. Um, a lot of guys not there, whether it be suspensions or off the field stuff. Um, and other, I, I think it'll be a close game. You know, I mean, yeah. this is it's for a the division yeah. lead. It's a rivalry game. It's another NFC East game. It's a huge game that has a lot of meaning, and Philadelphia knows that just as much as Dallas does. And but I think seems... with that offensive line, it's almost too much Zeke, too much Dak. And I think if they can mix in Alfred Morris in there a couple times and get him some solid runs, yeah. just get him enough touches to take to give Zeke those breaths to come take back the full load off steam. Zeke a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Um. It, they yeah they they just it's gonna be a close game either way because absolutely. every single Cowboys Eagles game is always close absolutely um the Lions coming into Houston at uh, NRG playing the Texans Texans are a two and a half point favorite against the Lions Lions have won three straight four straight maybe um, three straight yeah just snapped a four game winning streak for the Redskins yeah it's I I don't know what to think I. I'm taking the Lions and the points on that for sure. I think the Lions are going to win that game. I, I have no faith in the Texans. I, I mean, really yeah. don't care about the Texans. I think if you look at it, the only reason we take the Lions is because you just can't take the Texans to save their lives. I'm not taking the Texans in anything. Um, the Thursday night game will be the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, which means... Zach Ballard, our producer's favorite game of the week, the Color Rush. Color Rush! And you yeah, know last week, last week we, no, last week we got puke, <laughs> last year we got puke yellow Jacksonville against sky blue Tennessee. The two, I mean, probably the two worst color rush jerseys of the year against each other, and now we get it again. Zach, tell me about the color rush. Uh, you know what? You know my uncle Mac was colorblind, my father colorblind, and you only know that your producer. As awful as I am in doing this, doesn't change the fact that I am also colorblind. I cannot stand Color Rush. It is the most frustrating game to watch. I have no idea what's going on. It, it's just it's just the worst. And on Thursday night, yeah, football's usually pretty bad already because it's on a short week. Offenses don't really have time to prepare the way they usually would for a Sunday or a Monday game. But as someone representing the colorblind community, I cannot stand Color Rush. Zach, what do you think? Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on this one, Ballard. I think color rush is one of the worst ideas that we've had in the NFL, along with Thursday night games. You know, the short week just has been so bad for teams, and it's been bad for the game. You know, you look at it, 
it's just lackluster performance one after the other week after week and i think you know when you get the jags and titans two teams that are mediocre at best right now um and just can't do some of the simple things that you think they should be able to i think it's going to be another lackluster game i think it'll be low scoring um and i think it'll be just horrible to watch just based on the jerseys themselves because you know jacksonville's coming out with those wannabe gold disgusting jerseys i mean i almost wish they could go with the absence of color and just black out their jerseys i think that would be you guys don't wish it was like that i promise you right now um as someone who lives that life so the one win Panthers will host the Cardinals. Panthers are somehow a three point favorite in this game. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I think Carolina's underachieved all season long. Cardinals played the most boring game with a six six tie last week against Seattle. Zach, your Pats got revenge this week going up to Buffalo. Playing the Bills. Six and a half favorite right now. And I think it's more than that. I think Should be. Tom Brady Should coming be. back, Rob Gronkowski's fully healthy. I think this is a totally different game that the Bills are looking at. Yep. You know, I, I saw today that, you know, three of the cornerbacks for uh I'm sorry, not cornerbacks, but three of the guys in the secondary for the Bills got fined last time at Gillette Stadium. Um when Jacoby Brissett jogged through their drill. I think that's fairly inappropriate to begin with. Um, so I can respect the Bills for standing up for that stuff. Um, but I think that's just kind of a distraction at this point it, that we're still talking about that going into the Buffalo game. Yeah, because, I agree. You know, it's going to be about Tom Brady. Um, of course. And, and everything that this offense is. And with Martellus Bennett playing as good as he has been, with Gronkowski coming back and playing as good as he has, and the receivers just doing their job, just like everyone else on this team, I think the Pats are a huge favorite. Um, even on the road, I got the Pats taking the Bills 30-17. to 17, Almost a two-touchdown favorite. Okay. Um, yeah, and just real quick, speaking on the Bills, um, I want to I pour one for the homie Aaron Williams, man. Um, Absolutely. You know, me and... Me and Zach went to high school with Aaron, and uh, he graduated with you, Zach. He was a year older than me. Um, Aaron took a pretty dirty cheap shot from uh, Jarvis Landry <coughs> this past week, in my opinion. He was flagged. He was not ejected for targeting. Uh, it looked like a target to me. Uh, he, he singled out Aaron Williams, hit him in the head, and it, it, it pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. I, I was mad after I saw the hit. And um, what so, in the hell is going on here? Yeah, and that's what I was saying because he didn't get ejected, and there's, clearly there's just no place for that in football. You no, know? I mean he blindsided him. He yes. wasn't looking, and he blew him up knowing. What and was he went straight happen. for him yeah, to start absolutely. the play. Um, you know, best best wishes, speedy recovery to Aaron, who's had some neck and back injuries that almost cost him his NFL career. Yeah. Um, he he really is a good guy. And he plays harder than than I've ever seen somebody come out of our school. I mean, he's the only guy that I know that's in professional sports. So, of course, he's my guy. Um, so, even though I'm a Pat Somer, I got nothing but love for Aaron. Yeah. I wish you the best of luck with the rest of the season. Yeah, and I, I doubt he'll well. play, I doubt I, he'll play this week yeah. with a concussion. Um, but I hope he's back soon because you know he is he is a, a friend of ours. 
Maybe and not and a close a, friend to me or a close friend to you, but he is he is somebody that we were around. He's a, he's a big part of that Bills secondary. Yes, you know? he is. He, he's a staple there for the Bills Mafia and the fans there in Buffalo, and, and they love him there, man. I mean, he's yeah. just... That secondary in general is kind of a crowd favorite for them, and I think Aaron Williams fits the personality. He fits the persona. He's got the work ethic, and, you know, like we said, we got nothing but best wishes for you, Aaron. We hope for a speedy recovery. Uh, hope to see you back out on the field soon. Yeah, so uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into um, to our nightcap. You you heard the crack of the beer there. This is our nightcap, uh, our final segment here. Just just stuff that everybody wants to talk about. Um. You know, we do we do have baseball going on. Basketball is back, but shut the hell up. Yeah, we we got basketball. Basketball's I think, I think back. We found Ballard's favorite quote to use. Yeah, he likes that one. Um, basketball's back, but but honestly, nobody's nobody cares about basketball right now. Even with with the World Series and baseball not being as popular as it used to be, um. The World Series, the World Series. We got stories all over the place, and Zach, you and I, we argued about on Twitter last night for close to an hour. Um, we both, I, I, I was in favor of the Indians. I said the Indians are going to win this thing, um, regardless of the stories. I think both teams have a good story. The Cubs obviously have a better story because they haven't won it in 108 years. The Indians, they have their stories too. You know, they haven't won it in what? Close to 60 or 70 years? Yeah. Like 71 years, I think. Well, 71 is the last time. 71 years is the last time the Cubs have been in the World Series. I want to say the Indians won it in 80 or 75. Something like that. It's been a while since either team's won. So, um, you know, there's there's stories on both sides. Cleveland, Believe Land, whatever you want to call it. Maybe there's something in the air there in Cleveland. Um, but the Cubs are up five nothing right now. The Cubs are up in the top of the six five zero, and last night they were shut out because of the Indians pitching. I told you last night the Indians pitching and bullpen is so much better than the Cubs. Well, now we're seeing Jake Arrieta take the mound and shut the Indians down, which is a very good hitting offense, one of the best offenses in the MLB all season long. Yeah, and, you know, I like you said, we argued for this for a long time. I think the Indians' bullpen is better to an extent. I think Araldis Chapman is the best pin pitcher out of both teams, and he's a closer. So I, I think advantage goes to the Cubs there in closing close games out. Um, but the one thing that we did disagree on is the starting pitching. You know, the Indians mm-hmm. are so banged up yeah. right now. They don't even have a Game 4 starter named yet. Well, Bauer did start tonight with his – Cut up finger. So drone accident drone finger, finger. Yes. yeah. Yes. But th- I think that's where the key is, you know. It comes in how teams are able to start games with pitching, and I think the advantage goes to the Cubs. They're a deeper rotation. Yeah. They're a more experienced rotation. And I think all in all, they're a better rotation. You know, sure. when you look at Lester and Arietta and, and Lackey, you know, they, they have the experience there. And I think that's a big thing. The other thing you saw is, you know, last night, Corey Kluber was able oh, to, to work that two-seam fastball. And just, he had nine strikeouts. Um, it was amazing to watch. Andrew Miller comes in, works the slider from the left hand left side. Um, and just reminded me so much of Randy Johnson. Just yeah. that heavy spin and rotation that 
as long as it starts over the plate, you're probably going to get people to swing. And I think you're seeing it now that once the Cubs wake up their bats, it's it's kind of game over for anybody else. And I think the Indians, as opportunistic as they are, I think their advantage only really comes when Lester's on the mound to start games because Lester has no move to first. Um, yeah. And I think the Indians will stay in these games. You saw it last I think, night. I think it'll be close. I, I want to see it go to seven. I think it'll be Cubs in seven. Being a Boston fan, I'm all about this series, though. You, yeah. You, you have... That's the uh, best story. Terry Francona, who is one of the best postseason managers in modern history. Well, and he ended he ended the Sox. Uh, the, he ended their drought. 2004. As a coach. But on the other side, you got Epstein. Exactly. Who ended it with the Red Sox who as well. brought in the players. Yes. Who rallied the organization. So it's, it's, it, there's so many storylines in this, and it's, it's so awesome to see. I mean, this, you couldn't have asked for two better teams. I'll be honest. Um, I if the Cubs win tonight, they hang on to this lead, and they go back to Chicago for three games. I gotta say, they may close it out. I don't know. They it, may at home at Wrigley. I mean, honestly, if the, if the Cubs are gonna win it, I hope they win it in Chicago, because that place will literally explode. Yeah, Chicago will blow up. And I can see that, but I just think that the one thing that Terry Francona is a mastermind is, is understanding Justin. that playoff baseball is not normal baseball. Yep. He will burn these guys out just to get every ounce that he can out of them to try and win a game. And it doesn't matter if it's game two, game three, or game six or seven. Terry Francona is going to use his guys to try and win every single game, every single at bat. And I think that's what, makes, the, I think that's what makes them so dangerous. Yeah. Um, and, and why my God, are you still talking? So, yeah, we are still talking. Um, we don't get to talk about baseball very often, man. Um, so yeah, yeah, we went and harped on it a little bit. Um, back to back to Texas, real just shortly, and then we'll get to uh to some to a big announcement for the show. Um, Ballad, Charlie Strong, will he be here? It, I mean, there's no, there's no way they beat Baylor, right? And I, the, looking at the, looking at the games coming up, the only game that I would circle as a guaranteed win would be Kansas. There's not another game on the rest of the schedule that I would look at and say Texas can win that game handily, and even Kansas scares me. So I, I was just about to say, I have never felt worse about the the. The fact that we could lose to Kansas than right now, I'm I'm almost willing to make a bet with you that that Texas lose to, loses to Kansas to end the season. Because look at this scenario where well, the, it's not the, the last game, but I will bet you that Texas beats Kansas in a close game. Give me give me ten points. Ten points seems like a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, is it, does. it, it like yeah? That's horrible that we're even saying that. Honestly, like. You're the Ten. worst homers I've ever seen in my life. I'll, I'll just go ahead and put that out there. What I mean, I think Texas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 hear let's hear Ballard finish his point. I I just don't see Charlie Strong's players showing up at that game. It's going to be a game where they they feel like they should win. They're not gonna they're not gonna play their hardest, and it'll probably be at eleven a.m. And it's it's probably going to be a situation where Charlie Strong's taking other coaching calls, the same way Tom Herman is has lost his last few games. I can see UT losing that game, 
And if you give me if you give me eight and a half points, I'll put a bet on it. I non monetary non monetary bet. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Zach, does Texas win more than one game? I think Texas can take Kansas handedly. I think they should take them handedly. They should. They I should. Think yes. When we're talking about this eight and a half, but I think, do they I think win? It's a joke. But do they win more than just that game? I think they can take TCU. I believe that's left on the schedule. <laughs> and then we're looking at that's TCU's Thanksgiving. And then we're looking at West Virginia to Tech toast, and Baylor toast, toast. as our other games. The last five games of the season. Um, I think, I in my opinion, there. West Virginia, to me, is the best team in the Big 12. I think they're yeah. very underrated. I think they're overlooked. They have the best defense. And I think... They're the only team to play Statistically, defense. they're behind Baylor in a couple categories in the Big 12. But I think that they're the most all-around better team. Yeah, Baylor hasn't and played I, anybody. I, I think when whenever we see Baylor-West Virginia, I think that'll be the standard for the Big 12. Yeah, and that'll, um, be, that'll be the game to win the Big 12. I think Texas has a shot against Tech to say that it's going to be a shootout. Oh, my God. But that, that again, it's much... You mean much, over on that game, no matter what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no kidding. I think it's very similar to Uncle Texas Matt OU, to OU Texas Tech. I mean, none of them play defense, so... What are we looking at? We're looking at an offensive game. I think West Virginia is the only team in the Big 12 that's shown they can play defense. Yes. And I think Baylor and West Virginia's, count them as L's, put them on the board. But I think you look at the other three games, Texas has a shot, but it's about the players. Do they show up to play for even themselves? Because, yeah, we can talk about Charlie Strong and does he deserve to be at Texas anymore, but do these players have any pride in what they put on the field? Because guess what? At the end of the day, it's not Charlie Strong who's playing in these games. He's losing because I think the coaching is a poor performance in coaching all around. The play calling's bad. But these players have to step up, and these players have to show that they're they're willing to say, this is my pride on the line, and I'm willing to take a hit and try to make something happen. These players have to show up, and I think against Kansas they can, and I think they will. I think against TCU they can and will, and I think they're going to be in some of these games. You know, they they may get routed by Baylor. They may get routed by West Virginia, but those are two better teams on paper as it is. The other teams, I think, may look better on paper, but all all around, Texas still has the chance to be in those games, and it's all well, about the self-respect at that yeah, point. Yeah, and Texas has the better athletes than just about every team in, in the conference. Um, probably better than any team in the conference. But, good God, the fact that we're sitting here thinking that they are, they may struggle against Kansas is, is scary to me. And the fact that I think that... Um, so... Yeah, Charlie Strong's gonna lose his job, in my opinion. Whether he wins, he won't I think it's win a matter out. of time. I think it, they'll yeah, wait yeah. because uh, it's a respectful wait. thing to do. But they I, will I, wait. I think it, yeah. the, the strong areas um, for sure. And I do wanna wanna hit on that tease that I've been talking about all night long. Um, guys, we do have an opportunity coming up pretty soon in the near, very, very near future, um, to go live on the show on on the internet. And uh, that that will happen in the next couple weeks. And I promise you that. We will make it happen. Um, with HayesCountyRadio.com, we will be going live very, very soon. Um, my, my producer at Hayes County Radio, my Monday show, has told me he would love to have us on. And 
So I wanted to tell you guys that that we will be going live very, very soon. I am so excited for that opportunity. I can't even wait. Yeah, I, uh, as a new producer, I can't wait for that great learning experience. Well, you got I, a lot of stuff to learn. Yeah, you <laughs> there's got a no lot doubt to about learn, it for sure. And I'll learn y'all though something. I slid two stats by both of you from the time we made the bet during our podcast. I mentioned that Lamar Miller was held to thirty he points is... or thirty yards. No, you said. God. We can, well, we can go back 30, and listen. He did say 30 yards, even though I'd already Al- mentioned that Alfred Blue outrushed him 67 to 63. Snuck that one past you guys. And then I also snuck past He's that the fan. Cowboys have held every team this season to less than 20 points. The Redskins put up 23 on them. And, and the Giants scored 20. There I'm you go. Gonna, I'm not gonna take we're the going to take the ball on that one because I'm a Pats fan, but Spencer, I'm going to blame you there. But because... we're going Surrender Cobra right now. Oh, absolutely. Surrender Cobra is the new thing. <laughs> I mean, both of us are sitting Spencer here. Surrender Cobra. Are full Cobra mode. Ah! We'll be posting a link to Surrender Cobra on our, on, our, on our Twitter, on our Facebook, which you can find us at SportsBuzzTX. Uh, Spencer, tell him your uh, your uh, your Twitter handle. Spencer underscore Spillman. Tell Spencer what a terrible job he did as uh, the stat police. Uh, Zach, tell him your Twitter handle as well. You can find me at at FrenchBean89. Wow, that is a great Twitter handle. I don't know if that That's one... the first time I've heard that out loud. I don't know if that one registered. I was a little pissed off that Zach just got me. Uh, it's Spencer underscore Spillman, S-P-I-L-M-A-N, just one L. I'm at Ballad Z. Um, guys, this was a blast. We do, we do have a Sports Buzz Twitter, by the we way. We do. And I, I just said it. You can yeah. find us on everything. Yeah, Facebook. Besides Instagram, besides uh, anything that we wouldn't care about. But <laughs> it's at Sports Buzz TX. And this will be on um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud tonight. We'll be posting or it on tomorrow. SoundCloud. It depends when I get to it. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know when I'm going to get to it. You're a horrible producer, so we won't have an intro until like a month later. I don't know if I'm horrible. I'm just not that good. There's, there's no doubt that maybe I not could horrible, improve. but at least underqualified at the very bare underqualified. At the very um, minimum. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, this has been the Sports Buzz. Uh, I'm your host Spencer Spillman, Zach Shannonay, Zach Ballad. Thank you so much. We're out. This party is officially over. <laughs>